Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello there, Laurie and Julia Show, My Talk 1071. Everything entertainment for your Thursday. Uh, Julia back on Monday as she's enjoying a trip to wine country. So, in her stead, a person who knows a lot about wine. It's Stephanie March. Yeah, Minneapolis and we're not Saint talking Paul. about any of No, we're not wine talking about either. wine. No, but That's she does know about for wine. for Saturday's yeah. show. Okay. Yeah, we'll talk about wine on Saturday. Actually, we do have a couple, because we're talking about a little bit of the harvest and some of the fun stuff you can do in town. Yeah, good. Well, that's fine, because this is kind of the season, isn't it? Is it is. The grape Beautiful. stomping and the whole rolling around and corn bins yeah. and all sorts of good times. All right, so country legend. Oh. Uh-huh. Tanya Tucker. Tanya Tucker. Or Tanya Tucker. Tanya, Tanya. Tanya. Is it Tanya? Tanya, Tanya, yeah. Tanya. All right. All right, let's have a little Tanya Tucker just to feel her. Okay. But Tanya, I want you to Not spill okay, the country tea. Oh, no, Danny, Danny, oh, no, Danny. Whoa, whoa. Oh, Stop. you wanted the song. Let's play the Delta Dawn. Oh, I'm sorry. First. I'm sorry. My, I screwed Let's that up. Let's set the table because that is, people are like, who's, who's? Tanya Tucker? Oh, but just, I'm so, I'm so sorry. I know this song. Okay. No, well, I didn't I didn't, I didn't have the that. song ready. And I she wasn't. was, this, that song came out in 1972 right. at age 13. Right. If we ever have to 13? do a country, she's, yeah, she's 13, 13 years yeah. old. Get out. Only Leanne Rimes was younger. I think she was like 12 when Blue came out. Oh um, if Julia and I ever get to sing in public, Delta this is our Dawn, song. What's that flower you have on? Could it be a faded rose from days gone by? And did I hear you say he was meeting you here today to take you to his mansion in the sky? Listen to her yeah. voice. Yeah. She was 13. Yeah. God. So she really is like the equivalent of like a Justin Bieber. If you She's think the about Billie Eilish of the time. Well, yeah. Billie Eilish at least is 17. 17. You're right. You're 13. right. She's more like a Justin Bieber. Yeah. So she is 60 years old now. Yeah. And she has always been a Hellraiser. Mm-hmm. I mean, she, just your Hellraiser automatically shooting to fame at 13. Yeah, I think. How, yeah you can, you're growing you can't up help in it. fame. You're growing up in fame. She yeah. was the first woman in country music to be on Rolling Stone. She didn't even know it. Oh. Andy Cohen, she was on Watch What Happens. <laughs> she goes, I never saw Rolling Stone magazine in my life. Yeah, I didn't, re- yeah. I didn't know any of it because when you be- when, when it happens it. to you mm-hmm. when you're a kid, oh, yeah. it's it is this whole different. You're going to have 
hard times. Yeah. Well, you're, 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 it's inevitable. Your reality is so skewed from the actual, from everyday people's lives. You can't possibly just be assumed to be the same part of that reality. Yeah, because I mean, she just had charisma, and her voice was like—I mean, her voice oh. sounded like like Leanne Rhymes with blues. She yeah, was like twelve older. or thirteen, yeah. Yeah. but it sounds much older. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's had best-selling albums. She's got cl- stuff at the Country Music Hall of Fame. You know, how old is she now? You said sixty. 60. Yeah. She's okay. gone to rehab. She's yeah. had epic. Uh, well, the epic Glenn Campbell relationship. Yes. So, but she was, and Brandy Carlisle and Shooter Jennings have produced her. Uh, she hasn't put out an album in a long time. Yeah. Brandy Carlisle c- came to her so and said, you know, you're one of my heroes. Your voice, what you did when I saw you, you know, yeah, I want to produce an album for you. So Tanya Tucker is having a career comeback. Yeah. I guess we could say. She has pink hair right now, it looks like. She's had pink hair for a while. She's kind of sweet with it. I like it. She didn't play Plead the Fifth, but she played Spill the Country Tea. And I I really enjoyed what she had to say. Let's see if you guys do. But Tanya, I want you to spill the country tea. Tanya, I'm just going to throw out some names and and talk to you about them. Willie Nelson, you two are close friends. Um, Have are you two stoner buddies? Like, do you get into <laughs> Willie's stash at all? No, I'm always saying, hide that, Willie. I'll take a picture, you know. Yeah. Uh, and he's hiding it. You know, I'm going, what does am I doing? Does he have the best, but he, does he have the best dope of any? Well, I would stash, think right? so. I yes. would think so. But you know what? He is really a great person. Yeah. Married to a great lady. And I was just with his son, Lucas Nelson, last week. Wow. You and Loretta Lynn have been buddies for a long time. Yes. You came and surprised her when she was when on this were, show. She was on this which show. Which was so exciting. How is she doing these days? She's doing really good. Uh... Uh, you know, she uh, I, she calls me and we talk all the time. She's a um, beautiful person. She's my probably my best friend. So, Dolly, oh, you so were featured good. on Romeo in '93. What's yeah. it like to uh, collaborate with her? It was so great that she would even ask me to Dolly do Parton. something. Yeah. But I, I, you know, you want to collaborate on Dolly with anything. I mean, I've got a lot of ideas for her. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, you didn't get. Oh, is the next one That's, the Johnny yep, Cash? Yep, yep. Okay, okay. here's one, another one. one at a time. Okay, here we go. Um, the Judds, you performed at the same Super Bowl in '94. Yes. How, about How that? nutty are the Judds in real life? <laughs> Uh, complicated. complicated, complicated. There's and, a lot going on there. But some great vocal timber, and uh, th- there's no other sound like the two of them together. Um, Johnny Cash, what was your fondest memory or interaction with Johnny Cash? Well, I think the first Farm Aid, uh, um, I heard, and you, and you know everybody's a star there. Everybody yeah, yeah. Look, there's a star, and and I looked around, I said. And Merle Haggard's son said, "I think Johnny Cash wants to talk to you." And I looked around, and there he was, and. It was like the parting of the Red Sea, you know, when but, he walked toward me. Yeah. And then I pitched him a song, you know. You did? Yeah. And what did he say? It was called, uh, well, he said, sing a little bit of it to me, and I didn't think he'd say that. But it was because it was just an idea, but I, I did. I said, that's what makes a man in black still sing the blues. <laughs> I lo- and he loved it. He wanted it when he, uh, I got back to Nashville, rode home with Neil Young on his bus. I went, where, where was my dad? I don't know. But I got back to Nashville, and the next day I got a call from Marty Stewart, and said, Johnny wants, John wants to cut that song. I and? Said, it's just an idea. Well, he did. He finally, he, I, it was an idea, and uh, Billy Joe Shaver went down to Tucson and finished it. I said, the best way to get somebody like Johnny Cash to cut one of your songs is to have him finish it. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Wow. That's it. 
Wow. I know. Wow. So that was like really like, I love that she and Loretta Lynn are best, best friends. Because Loretta Lynn's like, what would she be, Donnie? Maybe 78? Yeah. Loretta like Lynn, yeah. something yeah. like that? Yeah. yeah. I just love that. And she would have been because Loretta Lynn would have been at the peak of her fame in 1972. And she probably would have been sure. kind of looking out for for Tanya Tucker, you gotta think being so. thirteen yeah, at the being, Grand Old Opry I mean, and everything, like, and yeah. she knew she knew how people she could knew. be because she grew up in the holler and everything. I mean, we've all seen we've that. seen Walk the Line. That's, well, well, uh, yeah, coal miner's daughter. Coal oh, miner's daughter. daughter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Right. Right. Anyway, right. I just really enjoyed her. I thought that she was giving us quite a bit of good couch. I know. And uh, I and then I, I just had to stop, and I thought, wait, the Judds. And Tanya Tucker, the 1994 Super Bowl Entertainment. Why can't J Lo and Cardi B and Lizzo yes! do this February? They should. Yeah. They should. I know. Literally, what is with that whole thing? Natalie Cole did the the uh, anthem that year. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, like let's just do like have a futurist female. Maybe I'm not for it. I just don't want J Lo by herself. No, oh, but she, she needs a supporting cast. Yeah, Cardi yeah. B and Lizzo. Yeah. Done. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Was it last year? Was Maroon Five? Right. Yeah. That was horrible. I know. Yeah. Like that's it. Why put all of the weight on one act? Unless well, you're Prince, you can't carry it. Yeah. Sorry. I know. I know. So like Prince did, and and yeah, you know, the Stones. They kind of did yeah, a rock okay. and country. It was Clint Black, Tanya Tucker, and the Judds, um, and Travis Tritt. See, yeah. Do that. It was the first time at a halftime show in '94 in which the stadium lights were turned off for the performance, and they had the glow sticks, had which the is what you see all the time when you think of it. Yeah. All right, let's play okay. the next cut okay. about Elvis. Oh. Kenya, this is, this is my question for you. Is it true that Elvis Presley tried to kiss you once, and you actually turned him down? Oh, and- yes, because my dad told me as I was leaving out the the trailer that night <laughs> going to the Elvis show uh, in at the Hilton. He said, now look here. He said, that that boy can have any girl he wants in the world. He said, make sure he knows he can't have you. Oh, wow. yeah. So I did. And he then tried did to he kiss make me. another play for you after getting rebuffed? Or was oh, yeah, that yeah. It? it was just, uh, he, it, he, he constantly asked me to come to Graceland, but I never did because I didn't want to be one of the one girls. One of the girls. I'm one of the boys. Wow. <laughs> now wow. that is some good dad advice. <laughs> that is really good. That about the, but it was true about votes. Elvis. Yeah. He could literally have anyone in yeah. the world. Mm-hmm. He can't have, have you. you. Mm-hmm. He's a boy in a band. He could have anyone he wants, mm-hmm. but he can't have you or she's a girl in the band. Oh, oh God. my God. Anyway, I'm like, oh, Tanya, but Andy was calling her Tanya. Yeah, I I, I think it's Tanya. Is it? I feel like it's Tanya. I've Tanya never Tanya called her that. I always, always called, called her Tanya, Tanya Tucker. Tucker. Maybe yeah. it's tomato, tomato yeah, type of situation. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like it's Tanya. Anyway, right. she is back and taking no prisoners. Let's play a little. This is her. Uh, she said about this song. I've had this song about 40 years, and then um, Brandy Carlisle and Scooter Jennings helped write it, and they did it in 20 minutes. So she said it took me 40 years and 20 <laughs> minutes uh, to write this song, Bring My Flowers Now. So this is from Bring Europa. My Flowers Now While I'm Living. I won't need your love when I'm gone. Go spend time, tears, and money on my own breathless body. 
If your heart is in them flowers, bring them home. All the miles. Wow. Yeah. Cast a long shadow. I take a couple back if I could. I'd have learned to play guitar. Tell my daddy more I loved him. But I believe, for the most part, I've done good. <laughs> oh, that is a beautiful song. That was really nice. Whoa. Yeah, that was really nice. So her new album is called While I'm Living. While I'm Living. And uh, getting great reviews. And she's just like uh, humbled and grateful. She's, you know, living the sober life. Yeah. And mm-hmm. um, grateful she to be talked here. about Glenn Campbell. And she said, yeah, you know, we were crazy in love with each other and it was just that's what it was and i feel so bad his family has lost him he was you know she just was Mm -hmm. very forthcoming yeah you know i mean really liked it maybe time to kind of let it all out you know what i mean yeah but that is a pretty song bring my flowers now that was nice Good reminder. Right. 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 Not tomorrow. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Well, we come back. We're going to do a little turtler with Donald.com. This is a My Talk Dirt Alert. It's always so weird to get dirty with you, Donnie. <laughs> For those of you just tuning in. Yeah, right. <laughs> take that Scott out of Stephanie's context. back now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, well, if you're looking for somebody to say something outrageous, you can always count on former NBA star Dennis Rodman. Oh, of course, of course. Dennis Rodman, who Where once we... appeared on a, in a wedding dress. Didn't he remember? Oh, yeah, he... yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that. That was the cover of his book, I believe. Oh, <sighs> uh, maybe. So he was yeah. on this uh, radio show, I think it's called The Breakfast Club, mm-hmm. and uh, he was talking about his relationship back in 1993 with Madonna. Yeah, that did happen. It did happen. Isn't that weird? Dennis says on the show that Madonna offered him money to impregnate her. Whoa! She said... Okay, give it to us. She said, Dennis, you know that I'm ovulating. Oh, that's so sexy, Madonna. Yes, tell me more. Talk dirtier to me. This was over the phone. And Dennis says, you know, what is that? You know, I was, He's a guy. I don't I was know what ovulating is. Yeah, yeah, he says, I was trying to blank with her, you know? Oh, okay. So Rodman was in Vegas at the time of the call. He flew back in a jet the Madonna sent so he could sleep with oh, her. Oh, okay. And then he flew so back. He don't flew even back. tell me. Did he immediately fly back? Immediately flew back to finish his gambling. After, now, he was, the, after they had sex. <laughs> she asked me. That if I got her pregnant, assuming that the child would in fact be born, Uh she would pay him 20. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts.
I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. $20 million. <laughs> to have no tie, probably. Yeah. Wow. $20 million. Mm-hmm. Then Dennis Rodman went on to speculate that her eventual child... Lourdes Leon with Lourdes. trainer Carlos Leon was the result of a similar financial arrangement. Oh, wow. Yeah. Madonna paid him a bunch of money to impregnate her. Well, or let's just uh, uh, friends with benefits for right. donorship where there's no legality and you don't have to worry about suing me and I'm you're right. going to let me raise this child or you all, you'll be in the light because Lourdes saw her that uh, Carlos, they were always seen together. Yeah. She lived in New York because that's where he lived. I have no problem with a with a rich person making this kind of arrangement with somebody they're already having sex with. Yeah, goodness (laughs) sakes, not flying in from 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 Vegas. Vegas. And I mean, also, she and Dennis Rodman <laughs> dated for like three hot months. Yeah. yeah. They did have a thing. I know. He's crazy, though. Why oh, would you want to take on that gene pool? You know? The I big D know. energy of maybe, it all. Maybe so. I don't know. Yeah. All right, let's move on. Look at Donnie's getting all uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. right. no, I mean, hey, go for it. $20 million. Antonio Banderas. Oh, oh yeah. Speaking What's he of? been up to? He says yeah, that. Speaking uh, of big D energy. <laughs> He says that he's still very close with his best friend, Melanie Griffith. Oh, tell me oh. more. Quote, she is my family. Oh, well, they yeah. do have a daughter together. She, Yeah, one of my best friends, if not the best friend I had. Oh, we better not tell that to his wife. Yeah. Recalled, Couldn't the wife uh, be yeah. the best friend well, now? Mm, he uh-huh. recalled meeting her back in 1989, and he was in awe of her. I went to the Academy Awards uh, after uh, getting a nomination for woman, Women on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown, mm-hmm. yeah. got on the red carpet. I saw this blonde woman. I knew her because I saw movies of her, but I didn't remember her name Oh, at the, time. the old didn't remember her name. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. So he said to the uh, director, who is she? Who is she? Who what is, is she? her name? And Pedro said, that's Melody Griffith. That's it. Oh, my God. Six years later, I'm married to her. Oh. Well, they got divorced uh, in 2015 after 20, almost 20 years together. Okay, but let but me just very close. back up the bus, Antonio Banderas. Okay. He was on the set of a movie with Melanie Griffith while his wife lived in Spain. Oh. And they had a toured showmance on the set and he left his wife they didn't have any kids or anything but he left his wife for melanie griffith so basically when melanie griffith married him and he was at the height of his heat yes okay she went on every that's why she you quit you saw her quit making movies she was with him she went on every set Mm. of every movie yeah because she didn't want him getting into happen. a showman's uh-huh. and then what ends up happening he gets into a showman that's right Tony, <laughs> and leaves her for a younger woman oh bastard but they're good friends but they're besties i don't know maybe he says that everything in those years happened really fast my life was fast 
and fascinating if I actually see it in retrospective. Yeah. I remember those years as very oh. effervescent and oh. very beautiful. Oh, Donnie, stop. Stop, stop. <laughs> stop giving him a platform. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, I, I don't mind, but he no, is I like don't. having a little, he's leaving out a few little, a little key yeah, things. A little, he's little paving through the potholes in memory yeah. lane. Well, you and know? you know, the, mm-hmm. the second language. And you know yeah. what? I wouldn't be yeah, at all surprised you know. if these two had, like, they really were good friends yeah, this way. Yeah, I bet they are. And maybe Melanie was sick of his, maybe she got tired of his crabby ways and yeah. she what let him do that last movie without her knowing. going on set knowing. Yeah. She's like, oh, maybe that'll maybe, be how he yeah. leaves me. <laughs> or we, I, we get, we finally break up. Yeah, maybe. This That's is a it. story we uh, talked about yesterday okay, having to do on. with Mickey Rourke, Robert De Niro, and the forthcoming Netflix movie, The Irishman. Well, this has been the best publicity, The Irishman, because nobody was really talking about that movie. This is good publicity for it. Yeah. So just to refresh your memory, Mickey Rourke uh, told an Italian TV show that he he was broke and looking for work when he says Robert De Niro blocked him from a part in The Irishman claiming De Niro refused to work with him because of an old feud going back to 1987 in the uh, psychological thriller Angel Heart, which I have seen. I do remember it now. You do? I do, oh. yeah. Was it good? It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. It was like a voodoo thing, no? Uh, Kind of, yeah. I remember yes. for some reason. Okay. Yeah. Now we well, have Mickey a statement. Mickey Rourke was so beautiful. Oh, yeah. Like oh, in those the, days. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And it was... Um, well, now we have a statement from De Niro's rep. Oh, what did he say? Probably said no. Never happened. Mickey Rourke was never asked to be in The Irishman, nor was he ever even thought of, discussed, or considered to be in the movie. Okay. Now, I will just Hollywood speak <laughs> okay. that. I'll just Hollywood speak that, because Mickey Rourke said it was Scorsese who wanted him uh, yes not you know but robert yeah. de niro like it got back to him hey bob bobby won't let you do it the fact that they said he was never thought of discussed or considered that is so much protesting i feel like it was true because guess who's not commenting yeah marty scorsese yeah not why no he has why? not said anything he has not he responded knows. He knows. he's not going to no that's a lot of denial when it's a when denial is a river of words mm-hmm. <laughs> What's that saying? Yeah, I like I that. Do you like yeah. that? Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah. All right, we'll uh, be back. Okay. He has a theory. I just found out from Twitter that uh, Donnie's been pronouncing uh, Tanya Tucker's name wrong for 40 <laughs> years on the radio. Yeah, probably, Tanya. Yeah. It's Tanya. Even Tanya. when I played her, I probably got it wrong. Yeah, Tanya. Yeah. Sorry about that. No, Tanya Tucker. Tanya Tucker. Tanya with the southern accent. Okay, sorry. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, everybody, for shaming me. No, it's just Martha. It's not a shame, Donnie, but you were so certain. and I was, because I've always said it that way. That's the weird thing. Nobody corrected me. On music. Music stuff. Sometimes I do defer to Donnie and think he knows everything. He knows everything. You know, not quite God, but you know, yeah. I'm like I defer Darn to close. Him. like the yeah, yeah he's, close. The, he's the brain. <laughs> okay, so today's theory was a little bit. Um, it, I think is a no brainer, but I don't know that we've seen this movement. And since you do represent all things fo- food and restaurant, I will restaurant, take that mantle. Yeah. Uh, there, uh, let's see who commissioned this, uh, study, study. Oh, this was commissioned. 2,000 adults were interviewed on behalf of Dave's Killer Bread. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And listen to what's, 
we have found out. Okay. Most Americans feel a second breakfast should be another official meal of the day. Oh. You know. Yeah. Like you have one breakfast isn't enough. Then you have a second breakfast, maybe some waffles, maybe some pancakes at about 11. You know, if you're trying to eat more, if you eat like four to six little meals. Yeah. Yeah. Second breakfast, as they say. 43% of people say that they want to eat breakfast after 1030 in the morning on the regular because they've eaten early or... Do you eat breakfast? Are you a breakfast person? Yeah. Do you eat it? Or are you, is it the first thing you do kind of thing? Well, sometimes. Yeah. Like on the weekends, mm-hmm. I'm always hungry when I wake up. I think people plan their breakfast to be, if you're running out the door, you may grab a little, you know, something. And then they kind of hits them, I'm still hungry. You know? Right. And I think that's kind of the more than. I feel like that the 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 theory that. Of a second breakfast could be considered an official meal that you have first, bre- you know, yeah. breakfast, then you have like, you know, yeah. sweet breakfast, <laughs> then you have lunch, right. then you have a snack. Right. Like hard boiled egg is first, and yes. then second would be like a piece the pancakes. of pancakes. Yes, the pancakes. Yeah. I like this. I like this. Yeah, I'm behind you, it. All right. Yeah, I'm in. Anyway, the top favorite breakfast foods in America, you probably know what they are. Name them in a row. Okay, so pancakes, cereal. Actually, cereals. cereals on there. Okay, bagels. You're no. missing the number one. Oh, what is it? Eggs. Oh, eggs. The I- ultimate <laughs> hangover food. The ultimate. Listen, all we do is eat eggs every single morning. So Egg, that's really sausage, funny. toast. Wait, are you savory? Egg, are sausage, you- toast, pancakes, bacon, cereal, fresh fruit, oatmeal, home fries, donuts. Cereal is way down from what it used to be. Mm-hmm. But do you? Are you sweet or savory? Like if I put pancakes or waff or like eggs in front of you, what you? This going? is why I want breakfast as the second meal. I cannot eat a sweet thing first thing yeah, in the morning. Me either. Like a pancake or waffle. Yeah, nope. I love that for dinner. I love that for lunch. Yeah. I don't love it for breakfast. This whole thing of like cinnamon rolls is like the first thing they put on your table at some of these breakfast places. We're like, oh, we put a cinnamon roll. I'm like, that's not an amuse-bouche. That's no. not it. I can't have that. That's no. like, don't start with that. Yeah. What, what's an amuse-bouche? Amuse-bouche is a small little treat they give you to your table. Oh, yeah. Like a okay. free gratis sort of thing. I see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And some of the places when you have like brunches like you have a big table of brunching people they drop like a cinnamon roll and say like we're getting because they know it's going to take a while to get your order so i i get it like kill the hangries but for me it's not a cinnamon roll yeah put some eggs (laughs) (laughs) put some okay bagels on the table all right so i don't i think then the theory is this is not going to take off and people are just going to people in america are too fast there's no chance they don't have time for For two two breakfasts okay there we go we will dump that theory right where it belongs in the garbage (laughs) and here is another theory if um you think just because you talk in whispers around your kids or you think that they're too little to really notice. Now, out of out of Columbus, Ohio, we have a study that has just been done that if if somebody has told you that the theory that kids notice everything. Mm-hmm. That theory is true. Please be careful. <laughs> please. Parents. Please understand. Do. Well, I think any parent who all of a sudden gets their tone reverberated back to them by like a three-year-old mm-hmm. when they're like, mm, mommy or something, you know, oh, yeah. sure, sure. you know yeah. that those kids are picking up whatever you are putting yeah. down. Yeah. This is Ohio State University. And they said even children as young as four or five outperform adults 
in some learning situations when they do learning games. Yeah. <laughs> according to the study's authors, while adults are very good at paying attention to important details, children pay attention to every single <laughs> thing. I know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it was really annoying. And yeah. they what they did is they had a group of adults and they had a group of four five year olds. Yeah. And for four-year-olds against these adults to take part and and do it. And at first, they just sort of got like this superfluous information that didn't seem to be, it seemed to be irrelevant. Yeah. But it turned out to be vital. Oh, yeah. So guess what happened? Children remembered everything. Yeah, Uh uh-huh. Their minds are so fresh and open, too. Yeah. And then they the adults spread. are like trying to figure it out before you well, even finish here's talking. What the, the, the theory is, is that young children, because of like maybe this, they spread their attention evenly mm. and adults tend to ignore everything unless they think it's important or interesting. Is that, does that, that not ring so a bell? Oh my God. So true. God. And... <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Think of all the adults who would open a box of something and immediately start to try to put it together without looking at instructions. There's a whole. Yeah. I get that. I'm sort of that person too. And the study, Ohio State University said adults should be able to spread their attention out just like children do. But what happens is that when you've grown up, you just develop a tendency to become selective with your attention because that is more helpful on it a is. day-to-day basis it is. when you become a grown-up. Yes, because yeah. there's more input. There's just more stuff. Yeah. Oh, sorry, what was that? I yeah, sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's almost time for <laughs> you to push a button. I was reading something else. <laughs> Exactly. Okay, here's a theory. Uh, baby boomers are not going to be okay with robots managing their money. (laughs) Shocking! Shocking theories, but the millennials will be. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. Because artificial intelligence... Is anyone watching The Affair? No, I stopped. Okay, I've stuck with that show, and it's in a very interesting place. And one of the storylines is that... who who is the Noah left his wife for the waitress, whatever her characters. Now her daughter is oh. a thirty something year old, but it's the year twenty, maybe add thirty years to this year. Twenty forty nine? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So there's all this wild people leave the bar and they just take their wrists swipe. and they just scan they just swipe it. Yeah. Oh fun. Um, people have like it just looks like a I don't it's, it's really it's a tablet it's, in their yeah, hand. A tablet or something. in their hand yeah. that's mm-hmm. that see through that they fold up yeah. and snap yep. and it becomes the size of a business card and they just put it in their pocket. Oh my god, but, I can't wait for coming. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, um but a new survey finds that um, one in five millennials are completely comfortable with the idea right now of a robot managing their money mm-hmm. and or their investments Sure, based on... Yeah, like egg. making yeah algorithms I would, and I all the rest. I would be worried about the robots getting hijacked. Yes, the, that's the, the whole hacking thing. Hacking the robots. Yes. Hacking the robots. Wow. Um, let's see. Oh, yeah. Uh, the baby boomers... 
Now they're gonna put it in their mattress. Yeah. Well, no, they're not putting it in their mattress. <laughs> <laughs> Donnie, coming to your house. <laughs> anyway, of course that makes sense. But any, I, I guess millennials are uh, the most likely generation to seek financial advice following a major life event, which is a turnaround from other generations. Yeah. I certainly. Oh, do. that's interesting. They're though. twice as likely as a baby boomer. Uh, to seek out investors or to seek out what how to be smart about their money, make it work for them. Hmm. Yeah, but That's, well, they they are the gatherers of of information. of information, and so they don't they feel that all that they need to do is ask to learn the things that they need to learn. Yeah. They don't have to, you know, they don't have to follow any other given path. They just figure out it for themselves, but by asking, yeah. you know, experts. Yeah. So anyway, there you go. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. All right. Uh, listen, we come back. We have, oh my gosh, Ryan Reynolds is mm. the funniest he is. man on Twitter and he has done it again. We'll be right back. Katy Perry, we do like that song. It is good. It's cute. It's, it's poppy. Okay, so uh, our favorite headline today comes to us from that sassy, sassy Ryan Reynolds, oh, who is so fun. So wonderful. And today on Twitter... He uh, he's promoting. Oh, he looks incredibly <laughs> dapper. He's promoting. You know, he's doing a gin, aviation gin. Oh, I heard that. Right. Yeah. Right. right. So here's what he titles. He's sitting on a stool, kind of smiling, hands folded, aviation gin, the small little cocktail table. Yeah. Bags under my eyes by two thankless a holes who refused to go to bed the <laughs> night before, despite the fact I read them Winnie the Pooh and nearly half of Stephen King's The Shining. <laughs> <laughs> Very good, I like that. Oh my god, he, oh, he's the best dad. He is, and he's soon to be having his third baby with his uh, wife Blake Lively. And Donnie posted. Um, She's in a movie with Jude Law. Is this the one she got injured in, Donnie? Uh, that, that she got injured yes. on the set. Yeah, because it's 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 a two year old movie. Oh, and she's front and center. It's called yeah. the Rhythm Section. Huh. So Donnie posted the trailer. It's based on a book. It also stars uh, Jude Law, Sterling K. Brown, but she was injured on the set and yeah. had to have surgery on her hand. Oh, God. She's an ordinary woman on a path of self-destruction after her family is tragically killed in a car or a plane crash. Then she finds out it wasn't an accident, tries to get revenge. Okay. The rhythm section. Okay. So anyway, mm-hmm. but huh. she is like ready to have a baby any day. Do we? Can I just have a quick reflection here? Did uh-huh. we think that he left ScarJo for her, or like did, did we think ScarJo dumped him and then he landed she, in Blake? Yeah, oh, she di- she broke up with him. ScarJo, yeah, Scarjo dumped, dumped, him. dumped him. Yeah, okay. Because yeah. I thought it was and the other I way around. I think he was happy to be done with her because I mean I think it was like one of those like they say the longest that red hot passionate heat yeah. is like eighteen to twenty four months. That's it. Yeah. That's it. That was it. And then they were. Then the hot sex has to turn into something else. 
If it doesn't, yeah, eh, yeah, you don't okay. care so much about waking up. You don't even yeah. care that much if you're having sex anymore. You're right. just like I'm moving you're, on. You're just yeah, okay. I okay. just for some reason had a thought about that the other day, and I couldn't remember yeah. how it how it kind of in fell my down. head. That's how it went All down. Right. All right, okay. Uh, let's see. This is so Demi Moore's memoir comes out next week called Inside Out. She is oh, I didn't know that. not holding anything back. We've already learned that. She uh, had a miscarriage at six months, just like five months into dating Ashton Kutcher, that she kept oh. it totally quiet. Um, and that we have known, because she's been on Oprah and stuff, we knew she had a rough childhood. Yeah. Her mom was a drug addict. No, not drug addict. Uh, was mentally ill, and her father was alcoholic. Right. And she just had a rough childhood, but she got discovered, and she was on General Hospital at 18. At 18, right. I remember that, yeah. So anyway, she is really giving us the deets on Ashton. She, We knew he cheated on her. Two years in a row, Us Weekly. They had the girls' stories, pictures, everything. She says in her book, um, yep, he did cheat on me those two times and how humiliating and painful it was. And basically, you're seven and eight of their marriage. Mm -hmm. Now, she listened to this. He talked her into doing threesomes. I really love it when somebody gives us good details in their story. Uh, because remember, he's 15 years her junior. Yes. Which always made me nervous for her. Oh, always. Uh, anyway, when he suggested threesomes, um, she said, I wanted to show him how great and fun I could be. But instead, she said it was a huge mistake and yeah. that they had two threesomes. Um but even then, it wasn't enough. He still strayed on his own. She was in New York City in 2010 when she read a Star Magazine story that he'd slept with uh, this gal, a 21-year-old brunette from L.A. It had all kinds of details. It had a picture of them. She read that in Us Weekly? Star. Or Star? Star. Oh. So that's how she found out about it from a tabloid, which is why sometimes people in Hollywood pick those things up. Mm -hmm. And she went on about like how what a good lever he was. And he denied the cheating. He had his lawyer call Star Magazine. Um, But she always knew that the woman was telling the truth. And um, and the fact that he'd brought a woman to their house and she described things in their bedroom they screwed in the marital oh, bed. Oh, bad. That's she really said, low. behind closed doors, Ashton said, he reasoned with Demi it was okay to cheat because they had threesomes. Because we'd brought a third party. This is this is the point I was making earlier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she said, and to some extent, that was, you know, he attempted to deflect blame in the situation. Um and say, well, we've already blurred lines, so they stayed together through that one incident. But then she put a Google alert on his name, mm-hmm. and she got one. Oh, uh, the <laughs> like, uh, like I don't know, a year later, yeah, on there, and and it was I I knew she wasn't lying. The woman, her story was in Us Weekly, yeah, again with some pictures. She was twenty two years old, <sighs> and they split. Um. Anyway, yeah. So that's she's, so. So she's telling. That's kind of a. That's a good thing to like remind people because all this swinging and threesomes and having these polyamorous relationships. I mean, it does add a whole. 
Here's the thing. Right? That's a lot of more complicated feelings and a lot of layers. And maybe that's the exciting part for most people. Maybe that initial, you know, body touching part is the excitement. But then the layers of the humanity that come after that to me is like, forget it. Oh, the humanity. The humanity. <laughs> I, I mean, oh. unless you know how to stop, uh, like if a lot of, I don't know, it just can be a tricky thing about your feelings. And I mean, and if there's the orgasms are good, God knows how I you're going to feel. Sure, it's just Jeez, there's Louise. like I ask, like I have hard enough time with a one-on-one like unpacking and figuring things out, and then let's add another one in the mix, yeah. and then it seems oh like my a, god, like if like if that kind of thing should be going on, everybody's blindfolded, yeah. nobody knows who's who. <laughs> right, right. Eyes wide shut. Eyes wide shut. Eyes wide shut. Eyes wide shut. This seems too complicated. Eyes wide shut. Tie me up yeah, and blindfold right. me. Everybody in masks. Hurry up. Get your masks on. <laughs> Sounds good. Oh, my gosh. Jeez yeah. mm-hmm. Louise. Uh, Donnie, did we post anything else great that we... I, uh, I don't know. You got the list. Oh, there. sure. We're in the jumpsuit. And yeah, also, um, you know, the sexy Mr. Rogers <laughs> costume that we made so much yeah, fun you know, of today. It's a Halloween idea. There you go. Well, Demi Ashton Kutcher has to go on Crackle.